Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio. And War Chant TV on a libations Friday, Lucy Goosey edition of the program. Lucy Goosey. I'm Jeff. That is Tom. There is Director Matthew. You're you when you're listening and or watching us, and we appreciate it. Great to be with you. Hope you're well. What a day, man. What a day. Can we take this outside? Damn it, man. Please. We do have the technology. We're going to have to start. You know, I used to complain about this all the time. I'd walk into the studio and say to you, Man, we got to find a way to start doing the show outside when it's like this. I mean, my goodness gracious, it's beautiful. And back then, it was just a pipe dream. It was just a hope. It's like, well, we really can't do it. We now we could, we could. We're gonna. I'm gonna wake up and test the air. I'm gonna walk outside. Yeah, and I'm gonna go. Tom, it's Jeff. Let's do the show outside today on the porch. I know it's you. My phone told me it was you. <laughs> How you doing? I'm good. Thinking about doing the show outside on the porch. With a glass of tea. What do you think? I mean, you could do that at your house. We I could do remote shows from our own <laughs> homes. We could do one from my back deck, the screened-in yeah. porch. Yeah. We could go to Capital I mean, City. We'll move it around. We'll do move one on the veranda around. at yeah. Cap City. Mm-hmm. I'm in. That'd I'm be in. fun. Yeah. We need to think about it before the unbearable, sweltering, smothering heat and humidity hits Tallahassee, which is nearly... Yeah, it's almost here. No, no. Hey, we got to, you know, about right around my birthday, it starts getting a little testy. Oh, oh yeah. Right around my birthday. There you go, plant the start. seeds. Yeah, that's when it gets a little testy. Well, people need plenty of time to go out, think about a generous gift for your boy. June 11th. So, Director Matthew, if we were on the veranda at Cap mm. City, there would be a phone call. Did you hear that? No? And then the phone rings again. There's been dead air for two minutes, guys. Stop putting. <laughs> we need you. Yeah, we're just, here we are. Yeah, putting away. Well, it is glorious. It'll be a good day for them tomorrow to scrimmage and all that good stuff. And uh, you were at yesterday's practice. I was not. I do know that it was more intense, far more intense. That's as reported by everybody, including the head coach. A little bit better uh, functionality. Looks like they executed better. Looks like the defense uh, had a better day than the offense. Uh, But as long as the intensity and focus was back, then we're all good to go. Good to go. So it was inside for the uh, duration, which I was happy about. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, obviously with the, the roof, you could be fooled. But the first three periods on Tuesday were the same inside. And it was much livelier from the word go. And then as we got into individual drills and watching that, it was fun. But, I mean, there are some concerns that come out of that practice. I think it would be a, a good thing. It would be advisable for the offense 
Just have a good day. Better. Have a good, sp- you know, how about they have a scrimmage report like this previous one that says, oh, you know what? The offense brought it today. Could really use that. Have you noticed that ever since they had that Thursday, that epic Thursday that had us all raving about what they were accomplishing, the steps forward they had taken, how much better they executed, the athleticism, back shoulder catches, contested balls that were being caught by the receivers nine times out of ten, accurate throws from both quarterbacks, you know, all that stuff, that Thursday, ever since that day, it's been more, it's been, it's gone to the defense. It's gone to the defense. They have responded to that day in a big way. I was like, oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. I think they were embarrassed. And frankly, I'm fine with that. So long as we get a little pullback the other way before the end of spring, doesn't even have to be this Saturday, but maybe just a little bit of pushback. You know, hey, the defense woke up that afternoon and realized, okay, okay, we're not going to be out here getting in, uh, embarrassed uh, again, and, they have, and they've done a good job. Well, we talked about this a, a couple of times this week, but the cross-training that's going on on the offensive line, and it continues, and it should be done that way. Yeah, that makes it difficult for there be, to be any kind of yes, cohesion. 100%. Yeah. And the players yesterday that stood out more often than not on offense were the running backs. There were some explosives, which is very much the same as last year where you saw explosives. But when you're seeing different guard-tackle combinations, even in the drills where they go three, three against two or two against two, you know, the twist game from the defensive tackles and, and the ends and how quick they are and how deep we are on the defensive line, you got no chance if you're a right tackle and you don't know who the hell the right guard is or you haven't typically worked with that player. Right. And then you take that to 11-on-11 11 11 and half the line gets caved in, and it's not necessarily because of aptitude. It's just because you haven't worked together before. So there's a lot of that to sift through. Otherwise, I'd be maybe more fundamentally concerned about what I saw with the offense. But after each play, you're like, well, I mean, that kid's in. There's, you know, they're working with him. They're trying him. So <laughs> it's tough. It, it's tough to evaluate. Idea. I love the idea that you're watching intently. You're focusing. Ah, that didn't work. That. Oh, well, that kid's in. I do that all the time. Right. I do that all the time. Yeah. Like, oh, or well, he's working next to him. Well, I mean, in. what more could you ask there? Right. I mean, good right. luck. There's Robert Cooper lined up against them. Yeah. Uh, Brian Stork one time, uh, who famously hated talking to the media, uh, was a complete ass to me. Uh, for that very, I asked a question. You weren't alone in that one. Oh no, but I asked a question uh, regarding continuity or a lack of continuity on the offensive line because at the time they were they were experimenting, they were doing a lot of different things, and I asked him about it, and he goes, "What do you mean?" Now that is the dumbest damn thing ever, and I so I explained what continuity meant. That that was also an ass thing to do, but I did. I explained the definition of continuity, and then that pissed him off, and we were done. <laughs> that was the end of that. Grand opening, grand close, and we were done. Well, here's hoping there are more interior and exterior <laughs> offensive linemen who are pissed off tomorrow for the scrimmage oh, and we get some man. rave reviews. The cool thing is, I'll give one nugget, is uh, Kanaya, Tra- uh, Kanaya Charlton, again, sticks out. You know why they recruited him. Well, he's also a giant. Yes, I mean, got, he is a massive he, individual. He's way too big. It's bad weight. He's yeah. too chunky. And they're going to fix that. Yeah. They're going to yeah. fix it. Yeah. But you can see why they brought that player in. Take it in. to the sand pits, yes. Kanaya. Go tell it to Moses McCray. Get your ass on that bike. As they cross-train, and there are times when he faces more important players, mm-hmm. if it's a straight-ahead simple thing, he can do it. He can also, for as big as he is, he can pull. 
They like, I mean, Alex Atkins loves, and, and so does Mike Norvell, the pin and pull, create the angles, all the things they do in the yes, offensive they line. They're very creative. For being a chunker, he can get from A to B. <laughs> it's just he's not quick enough to go yeah. laterally if somebody makes a move on him. But that was a kid yesterday who had a few reps. I go, okay, all right, once again, you're going to be a player in about a year or two. It's um, it's a good time right now. It's it's they're they're transitioning. They're moving forward in a lot of areas on this football team in a positive way. I, again, we all would like to speed up time. At least in this instance, we'd like for the football team to get good again quickly. You know, most of the time, like time slow down. At least I do as a parent. I look over my kid's six feet tall. I'm like, what the hell happened here? But with football success, when you're bad, you want to be good now. You don't you don't want to wait. And I can sometimes lose sight. Uh, of of how you know the process is it's it's a, moving in a positive direction for the most part. There are areas that you're still concerned with, and there will be. I mean, they're not going to be a finished product and and a, and a smooth you know ten eleven win team right off the bat here. And uh, it's but but every time you go to a practice and you see a kid like that, or you see one of the other kids, obviously both the new corners and those guys. When you see a McCall or you you watch a Ezra Thomas, and you see kids like that, you go, okay, all right. Here, this is this. These are the kinds of athletes Florida State should have on the roster. Well, I can tell you, in, in looking closely and being close up for the drills for Daniel Lyons and Bishop Thomas, mm. there is so much of their games that's not refined. But yet, when you put them in an eleven-on-eleven 11 situation, they can make the play because they have the instinct and the natural ability. But when they get to become a more efficient player, you know that fills into their body with yeah. good man weight. They're going to be just like Coop and, and Fabian Lovett. It's great to see that even though they're they're making headway, and they are, Bishop Thomas had another good day yesterday. He always does. He really doesn't have too many bad days. When they're doing team drills and, and he flashes consistently, then you see the individual work, and Odell is barking at him left and right because his fundamentals, rightly so. He, he's not doing what he needs to do. Well, when you have a project that can still make plays, that's outstanding. It, they, they really, from a development standpoint, have a lot to work with. And when they circle kids on the charts and they see their film, they're circling good ones. The, this, the evaluation has been very, very good. So really quickly, and, and this is just kind of fun. I, I had somebody ask me about this, so now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to update you. You would have gotten a kick out of this because you've done this before uh, just because you, too, are a sporting guy. And so, so, I I know, so I know you've had this moment, okay? So be, as such... You know, you might have a lot of things going on at one time. You may have a guy that helps facilitate whatever side of the ledger you're on. You might look at it and go, you know, I kind of like so-and-so this weekend, or I like this matchup, whatever. And then maybe you've got something going on in the famed prize picks, promo code WARCHANT. Maybe you got something going on there. Maybe you got a little side action with your buddy Steve. And you're like, hey, Steve. Bet you $25 that so-and-so leads the team in scoring this week. Wait for the renewal before we go back all in on prize picks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that has to happen, prize picks. I am doing wonders for you. I've probably made you millions of dollars. All the while, I'm killing you on a daily basis. But, hey, hey, so I said on yesterday's show, and I don't want to forget to, to update everybody. So, Tom, I'm going to do this right now. I'm going to pull up perfectly legal. This is the legal gambling I'm doing, not the illegal gambling that I'm also doing. Very well. Yeah. So I can talk about this. So here we go. Yesterday, look, here we go, entries. I told you about a certain entry I had that involved four players at the Valero Texas Open. And I said, 
We're doing a little little parlay action, Tom. I like to marry a lot of different things. If it hits, it's going to be a good one for me. And I thought by the time we got off the air yesterday, I would know in the final segment, but I didn't know. And I forgot about it. I completely forgot about it. What a dummy. Completely forgot about it. Well, but you got a lot of things. Got a lot of things. Uh, Such is life. Yeah. So this morning, I wake up, did not startle my neighbor. No problems today. Fully clothed. I walked out, got some coffee. Good to go. All right? I sat down. What's the news of the day? Normally, it's depressing. You know, you, if you look big picture, I always go to Reuters, and I, I start, I go to Reuters.com, just try to get some some balanced information, just take it in for what it is, read it, digest it, figure it out. Everything is fair and balanced. Yeah, sure. So anyhow, I go to Reuters, and I'm reading the stories. I get the international stories, and I get the, you know, the United States, the local, all that good stuff. And then I bring it on home locally, bring it on home locally, looking for local headlines. Hey, what's going on with the schools? What's happening? You know, because I got kids at the schools. So I'm looking at everything. And I'm sipping my coffee. I'm having a grand morning. It's a beautiful day. I opened up the windows. It was so and nice. And then your neighbor, stark naked. <laughs> <laughs> so then, then this is what happens. I go, oh, yeah. I wonder how my bet finished. So go right over to prize picks quickly, right? And yesterday on the show, I may have mentioned that, I mean, this is the kind of insight you get on the Jeff Cameron Show if you guys are listening quickly, uh, carefully. You, I'm an ATM for you guys. Here's the deal. I said, nobody's on him right now, but very sneakily, sneakily, Henrik Stinson's hitting the ball well. Bet you didn't know that. He is. Stinson's hitting the ball Captain well. Captain Stinson. Stinson is hitting the ball well. I picked under 72 for strokes for him. What did Henrik Stinson do? He shot a 70, Tom. I believe that's oh, under okay. 72. Wee. Way to go, Henrik. I told everybody about Siwoo Kim. I said, Siwoo's locked. I need you, Siwoo. I need you to finish in the top 20. I need you to shoot under 70 and a half strokes yesterday. What did Siwoo Kim do? 69. Nice. Thank you. Win. Then I said, you know who's not playing well at all? And I don't like him, so it's going to be easy to add him to the card. Bryson DeChambeau kind of sucks these days. Not doing a thing noteworthy other than sucking. So I looked and I said, you know what? What kind of props we got for Bryson DeChambeau? Oh, no chance he's going to hit 12 greens in regulation. No chance. Went under that. Guess how many greens in regulation Bryson DeChambeau hit yesterday? Nine. A paltry nine. That's another win, Tom Lang. We are rolling on Big River. So it comes down to one man. One man. Four-man parlay. What I did was I said, we're going in. We're grouping these four. These four hit. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you guys at home. It's just uh, I would have won seven hundred and fifty dollars if the fourth hits. Now the fourth didn't hit. I'm gonna give it away. I tell you that right now. But the cool thing about Prize Picks here, I am selling them again. You you can opt in to where you power play it or you do the flex play, right? Where you can get if you get three of four, you win some money. You get some money back, right? I did two different entries, two different parlays. One was a total. Power play, mm-hmm. got to get them all. To that, the wall. To the <laughs> window, <laughs> yeah. to the wall. Yeah, all of it. And the other was a mix. This was my mix, so I still won money. 100 bucks. A, just a bunch, just 100 bucks. It's not 750. Maverick McNeely has been playing well lately. I went under 70 strokes. He shot a 70. I was one putt away from just. Rolling on into seven hundred and fifty bucks. Now you got goosed by Maverick. I did, and I'm debating whether to boo that. But here's what I'll tell you: 
I had forgotten about this. I pull it up, and I'm just looking at the names. I'm like, Siwoo, yes, got it, got it, got it, good. I'm Oh, Bryson, yep, sucking like usual. There you go, good, good for you, Bryson, just sucking. Uh, Henrik Stenson, my man, playing very well. All right, Henrik, keep it going. And then I'm scrolling down. I'm like, what'd you do, what'd you do Maverick? Did you shoot a 69 yesterday? You shot a 70. And then I muttered something that I can't repeat on the air. Uh, That's why four-leg parlays are difficult. Those are tough. Those are tough. But you know what? My man shot two under par yesterday and had, was it six, Matthew? Six bogeys, and he still shot two under par. Wow. Oh, man. So how about my man? How about five bogeys? That is th- how about five bogeys, Maverick? <laughs> well, how about five? Five bogeys. How about seven birdies? Then he would have oh, been a total loss. Alive. Woo! He was a three true outcome guy yesterday. Wasn't he? Man, that hurts your feelings. I uh, <sighs> hockey got back on the right track. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. You feeling good? Winnipeg was up two to nothing on Toronto <laughs> early. I was like, ah, no way, <laughs> no way. See what the final was? No, I didn't see what the seven final. to three. Yeah, Toronto. it was, it was, it was yeah. something big. Yeah, they got pay- and I said also team total. Hit yeah, the team you, total you've been over. talking team totals with Toronto yep. for days. Like just keep hitting that thing until they slow down. They've uh, been on fire. Don't do it Monday. They're playing Tampa on Monday. That'll be a low scoring. War. Well, we'll be on there Monday. You can remind everybody to. Ease That's off true, we will. There. This is a uh, mostly daily show. Yeah, it is, pretty much. Uh, Final Four this weekend. College Sportsbook is up. If you guys want my wagers uh, in that and my descriptors, uh, I like Duke, and I'll lay the four, four and a half. Uh, and I also, man, you know, that the, the total in that game is weird. Both of the games, the previous two games, Duke and North Carolina, flew to the over. And they're all they're both very skilled. But I do think that you can lean, if you've got to lean, you can lean on the under for this one. It's a trilogy, right? Third time they've played. They know each other well. I think the other thing is New Orleans, the Superdome, which is a piece of garbage as stadiums go. But it's also horrible for basketball because it is cavernous. And sight lines and depth-related issues are always a problem there. I think it's Clang City from the outside in this Final Four for these games in New Orleans. I hate it. I don't. I wish they wouldn't do that. I have an advanced analytic that will, I mean, totally rebuff what you're saying about Duke, and it's because Dean Smith's national championships <laughs> happened in New Orleans, ah, so therefore it has to happen. It has to happen. There's now. your analytic. Yeah, that's good analytics right there. Um, up until now, all of the NCAA tournament games have been played in either. True basketball and or hockey arenas. And now we're going into this football stadium, and it's massive, and the sight lines are awful. And it means a lot, man. Uh, If you're going to look for uh, sort of props, look for points in the paint props, man. Find something there. Or or lean towards a player like Baycott who gives all of his points shooting twos in the paint. Like You can get him at plus 550 for... uh, for, for leading scorer in the game, I think I mean Duke takes away the three. That's what they do. They, they, they'll invite you to score in the paint. So okay, Banchero is the guy who has the right. know, who's supposed to do it. But I I, I think Baycock could so be the guy. did the uh, did the team total not the team total sorry the over under total go up after the first two meetings? Like is it trying to meet the previous two totals? So therefore you can buy low, it or went, or is it sticking closer to? It sticks pretty close, but it flew over in both occasions. Right, right. By the way, so this is a fun exercise for people, and this you don't have to gamble. Okay, look, this is not you, right now. You think, oh, you're getting bogged down in gambling talk, Jeff. I'm not so sure. No, no, but use this to understand how markets work. It's kind of fun. So think about what we saw. We because it's rare you get this. You get 
these two teams facing each other for a third time, first time ever in the NCAA tournament, by the way, that they faced each other. But, and it's cool that they're doing it in the Final Four. But if you go back and look at the two respective spreads in the two matchups they split, Duke's favored in both of them. Duke's favored in the first one on the road at Carolina, and I think they were favored by three and a half or four. Well, what does that tell you? On a neutral site that Vegas likes Duke straight up by six or seven. Okay, so they're telling you they think Duke is the better team by about six or seven points based on that spread. Now, you, you, you got to watch the games. You got to follow the games. So teams change. You know, they can adapt. So I'm not saying you just look at that and go, well, that's it. Duke's the better team. I mean, they play the game. That day, Duke won the game comfortably. They come back for Coach K's final game of the of his career yeah. at Cameron Indoor. We know what happened. Hopped on that one. I think that was ten and a half. It, it was crazy. All week long, the number kept going up and yep. up and up. It got to eleven, Tom, and I jumped on Carolina. So did you, and we talked about it on the air. I was like, I'm taking Carolina, and I'll, I'll sprinkle pizza money on them to win it straight up because they were playing exceptional basketball towards the end of the year. If you remember, they had won seven of eight. They were scoring. They looked like they had found their rhythm. Ain't no pressure on them. No, things All the you, pressure in the world on the Dukies. On Duke. Exactly right. So we looked at that. But what was that number? Like Again, the number was 11, and they got blown out. Point is, both games, so even if you remove home court advantage, you'd still say that Vegas was telling you Duke likes, is, is eight, six to eight points better than North Carolina. And you know what? I think they are. I think they are. Their, their offense right now, has been the most efficient and best potent offense in the tournament. I I think they're going to beat North Carolina, and the number is only four. So you're getting a lower number than, you know, the mark, you you actually, this is, I thought you were going to have to give six to seven. Well, here's the other thing, too. Now that you've gotten to the final four, human nature is going to take over. I don't see how the whistle doesn't go Duke's way in this particular situation. doesn't happen to North Carolina as an institution very often. But how can there be any other outcome than Duke netting, what do you think, a couple of baskets alone on the whistles? 50-50s around the rim, hand checks, things like that that accrue so that you get to the bonus earlier in the half? That has to go Duke's way. Human nature has to set in for this thing. Probably, yeah, probably. But, I mean, if that's worth a couple of points, that's the whole difference. That's something to look at there. Uh, The other side of it, Final Four, Kansas and Villanova. Uh, it's unfortunate with the injury. Villanova's already thin. They don't play a big rotation. They play six guys. Now they're down to five, and, and one of them is is a backup filling in for a starter and more. So I do think um, the, the, the play on that game is the over um, because Villanova puts a stranglehold on games defensively. But you can do that when you're playing Ohio State and Michigan. They want to play slow. They want to play a game of fewer possessions. They don't want to go up and down because they're thin. They don't want to race. Uh, Kansas has athletes and wants to get out and go. And they smell blood in the water because Villanova now is short. They were already short. Now they're really short. They're going to get out and try to run. And I think they're going to pressure and get it going, get it moving. I think this flies over. That's my play in that game. I'm going to take the over in that game. It's interesting. Fun game. 
Based upon that descriptor, you could just take Kansas in the number or the over you because both. they both work. Why don't you just take them? Oh both? yeah, <laughs> put them together. <laughs> Marry money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, more football talk here in a second. Jeff Cameron Show, Lucy Goosey, Live Nation's Friday edition here on ninety three three Real Talk Radio and War Chant. Passion, drive, and patience—the formula for winning championships—is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. TV. Jeff Kemmer, show 93.3. Real Talk Radio War Chant TV on Elevations Friday. Hope this finds you doing well. Uh, wanted to direct your attention to warchant.com. Uh, our own Irish Chaffel did a good job uh, writing a piece regarding uh, Krikorian's departure. A lot of you have asked about it. I've given you what I know on that situation, and I've certainly also taken a uh, an overview, a, a big picture look at the athletic department and talking about what it, you know, the, just the changes when you empower an athletic director. But I've not wanted anybody to think that me discussing that means that I'm intimating in any way that he forced Krikorian out or anything like that. Ira does a good job of kind of looking into that deal, that situation, and discussing what, um, you know, at least from the outside, what what, what was happening, as uh, as best we can tell. And again, you'd have to talk to those two gentlemen, and they'd have to be willing to come forward and say, here's specifically what I have a problem with, and I don't think Mark's going to do that. And obviously, it's not in Alfred's best interest to do that either. So I, I just I don't know. But clearly, this was not amicable. They have a problem with one another, and it, that's it's, I hate this phrase, but it is what it is. Is uh, Jerry Springer still on television? <laughs> Could send them both to Jerry. Um, bottom line is, and I I talked with an FSU professor yesterday, and you know uh, we were just kind of texting back and forth, and I said at the end of the day. It's just sad for Florida State to lose a three-time national championship coach. I mean, just like I don't care who's right or wrong. I don't. I, I mean, I, I just wish they could have worked it out. I, I, it sucks that uh, we lose a guy that's the reigning national champion. I mean, sweet Jesus, he's built a dynasty, a dominant program, arguably the most dominant program in the sport, and um, that doesn't. That, that's hard to find. And you might go out and get a very good coach, a coach who's accomplished and maybe even one of his former underlings who knows the system and understand how he recruits, and, and they will be inheriting a loaded team that is the odds-on favorite to win the national championship again this year. But there's, there's a synergy and a magic um, that happens with coaches and players and assistants and programs uh, that are unique to those individuals. And sometimes, no matter the talent, no matter the situation, no matter how good the resume of the new guy or or girl it, or woman is it 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 can't replace whatever that magic was it just sometimes it doesn't work out that way well also after the cup the cupboard is running bare 
can you replenish? Do you have those same relationships mm-hmm. internationally with whatever country it is? And we hit all continents of the world. Yes, we did. At FSU soccer. Can you capitalize on that? Or is Coach Krikorian somewhere else in the college game going, going toe-to-toe? With, yeah, 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 he's going to yeah. win it in all likelihood. Yeah, it depends on where he goes. You're right. I, I, it will be fascinating, um, but it is disappointing. So I just wanted to direct your attention over there. Also, Corey Clark wrote a piece on uh, McClendon, and uh, he's had a, Derek McClendon's had a good camp, and he continues to, to be a guy that we've got our eyes on. Um, I know after yesterday's practice, he talked about how fast he is right now. Uh, he feels like this is the best he's been, and um, obviously he's, he's confident. He says he, you know, he thinks it's his time, basically, uh, and he's excited to get his opportunity. So that's a good piece. He's one of the guys, Tom, that has led to us being buoyed about what we thought we were losing. You know, the the, the amount of production being lost off the edge was disconcerting to say the least. And yet, he's been a guy that has shown glimpses at times, and now in practice, showing pretty consistently that he's he's a plus player. Yeah, that was the breakout interview I went to after Mike Norvell was done yesterday. I asked him that question because he led with he feels so much more comfortable in the scheme now that there's continuity. He knows exactly what is required of him. So I said, all right, that's mentally, but what about physically? And he's not afraid. That oh. McClendon is not afraid. No, he'll talk to you. Yes. Yeah. He'll tell you how good he is. But you know what? He's had a really good camp, and he's among the fastest players, at least from the hips up, upper body-wise, with you know creating separation that I've seen yesterday, Fabian Lovett was another player. He had one hell of a day, did Fabian Lovett. Pretty much does every time. You know when Neo was blocking the punches in the Matrix, (laughs) Morpheus is hitting him in, or uh, Agent Smith, and you see that movement? That's Fabian. Anytime there's hand fighting, the dude is just unbelievable. It's, It's in slow motion for him. Nobody has a rep like he does when the coaches put on the big arm pads and they try to get in your way as you're doing your footwork drills. Fabian is just amazing. But McClendon is, is close. He's close. The, um, the production lost will not be made up by anybody on the roster this year, but it may not be cavernous, the drop-off. It may not be a, a situation where you go, hmm, okay, this is, this is devastating. Um, because the interior of the defensive line is the strength, and they're very good. And I think they're going to wreak havoc and cause problems and consistently um, require a little bit extra attention from opposing offensive lines and offenses in general as they scheme it up against Florida State, which will lead to opportunities for some of these edge guys and how quickly Verse can take advantage of that, McClendon can take advantage of that, uh, You know, obviously will dictate just how far along we get from a production standpoint, or how close we get, I should say, to what we had a year ago. Again, you don't replace a guy who may go top ten uh, and expect that uh, you know the next guy up is going to do something similar. It just at the beginning of camp, I was kind of concerned that it was going to maybe come up short by a lot. No, I'm not so sure. So that's another step forward that's really positive. I have a bit of breaking news in here. Mark Corian has accepted the job at the University of Florida. Wow. Well, that is a problem. Or it's April Fool's. Sorry. Just kidding. Okay. Good for you. I temporarily forgot that it was April Fool's Day and you got me. I was about to be angry and we were going to go to break and I was going to say hateful things about a guy I like. <laughs> now, he's still, you know what? It wouldn't stun me if, you know, given the way the things ended, but that was an April Fool's joke. Sorry. I had to get it out of my system. Okay. I apologize. You got me. You got me. It was more for everybody else. I should have told you. 
I was, you're lucky you didn't cause me to say something that could have got us in trouble. Because when you said at the University of, I was like, I don't like the way this is starting. He's not saying, like, Mississippi State. He's saying the University of, which unfortunately often is followed by. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, you got me. Good work. It's Jeff Carver Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chad TV. Well, Ira's like, expletive, I've got to get the front page ready. Yeah. <laughs> he was going to have to drive off the road. He said he almost drove off the road, right? Yeah, no, not cool. Um, we should have collaborated on that. I immediately regretted it as soon as I did that. No, Sorry. it's okay. It's funny. Uh, I just, you know what? It's interesting. In all my years of doing this job, you know, over time, you get to where you're far less like I, I'm obviously opinionated and boisterous and uh, you know a- occasionally emotional, but when it pertains to Florida State athletics, I can be a little bit more objective, I think, than the average fan because we have to be. We have to kind of assess, analyze, and then talk. So you're you're always kind of really vetting every turn of events. Most of the time, because you know as well as I do, because we are fans of other teams as well. We are fans of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're fans of the Lightning. We don't cover those teams professionally. I mean, we have opinions on the show about them. We cover Florida State day to day. And so we're usually, we have a better depth of knowledge, and you kind of see some things coming. And you can be a little bit more objective. Why do I bring that up? Because... The fan in you, while watching a Bucks game and seeing a bad call or a turn of events that pisses you off, like for whatever reason not covering the Rams' best wide receiver on two plays in a row right after you've miraculously come back to tie the game, um, you just let him run free for days, right? <laughs> Ridiculous. That elicits the kind of reaction I'm talking about where you're emotional and you might say words that you can't repeat here. You might throw something. You're like, that's re- Ridiculous, but you never, you and I really never do that about FSU football. Usually we're able, or FSU in general, we're able to kind of talk and go, okay, well, w- what is our thought on this? What do you think FSU's going to do? Because we need to have the dialogue on the Jeff Cameron Show for our audience with Florida State being the central theme. It can't always be to the nth degree and emotional. So here's why I bring all of that up. When you said that Mark Krikorian had accepted the job to coach the University of Florida. I felt a rage inside of me. I felt a sort of like an impulse, anger, and rage that is irrational. And I could, that son of a... Yeah, I could feel it welling up in me, and I was panicking. And I never panic on the air. I'm very comfortable doing this. I've been doing it for 23 years. I, I don't get flustered very easily on the air. And I was a little flustered because I wanted to say hateful things about that man in the moment. <laughs> you know it would be amazing? And I was trying to, like, let's keep it together. I hope let's he was not, on the road to, like, Publix or something. Yeah. Oh, what? cracking up laughing. I like Well, this, is, this shows you how that, that even though we pride ourselves in being capable of being objective and analyzing and assessing Florida State-related situations and trying to vet them and talk them through on the air, that even still, down deep, it is there. The, the, the oh, core yeah. of who we are is. Well, and, and 
I like Mark Recording. He's a good He's man. He's a good guy. Yes. I like him a lot. And yes. yet, when you said that, I was like, that son of a bitch. I mean, I hated him instantaneously. Immediately. I was like, man, I, I, <laughs> we're going to have to go to commercial break because I'm going to have to get it together <laughs> <That's> here. <right. laughs> Yeah, he's done so much. I mean, not yeah. just the winning. Yeah. Like, you know, behind the scenes, uh, the stuff they do with FSU Card, um, which is an amazing uh, resource and, and thing that FSU has. Yeah, he, he, but it would turn. It'd be like, all that goodwill. Yeah, I don't care if you're good for the community. He went to Gainesville? Oh, man. Just out of spite, he took that job. You, well, you uh, yeah, it, it was a you know? hateful thing. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. Um, I don't know. I'm going to... I'm. <laughs> It's funny. It's a good get because it's not so. Those poor podcast listeners. You know, it's not even April Fool's Day for them when when they yeah, catch up. With this. What in the world? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was good. <laughs> it's good to feel that sometimes. It's kind of like I, I say when you do something athletic and you've been playing it safe for a while and you get hit, like. You know, uh, you bust ass. Like, you're going full throttle. You're putting it out there, and you haven't done that in a long time because if you're me, you know that you're too old to do that pretty consistently. And so you're getting after it, and maybe you you maybe you maybe fall. Like, I, I go surfing with my nephew or something. I'm not accustomed to doing it. I can a little bit. But then you eat it hardcore, and it lets you know you're alive. You know, you're like, oh, whoo, that's real too. I'm not just stuck in my head. This is a real thing here. I just got popped. I can tell you last year I was playing in a in a match that counted for something. Intent. Card an 11 on a hole. You know? That's just last time hard. 11. To, I don't think I've ever seen you card an 11. That's uh that's about 15 minutes of hell. Well, I'm just gonna That's a lot this. of going finding the ball. Didn't lose a ball. I know. That's a lot no of walking after strokes. balls all that's over a, the yep, place that's there. A, that's a toughie. Got to play it down. Got to play it all the way through. Yeah. We're playing metal here. Do you remember when Kevin Na, I think on the very course they're playing on right now at the Blair Texas Open, did he not card a 17? I think he did. Because he took too much pride and wouldn't drop, he kept hitting the ball. Yeah, he kept taking the str- cart yeah, back. Yeah. I, don't, yeah, I don't know what the score was, but I remember was that 17. clip. He a 17. He had a 17. You're quite sure of this. <laughs> he had a 17. It's ridiculous. Like, what are you doing, man? You can't take a 17 out here. My man, there is something weird about watching professional golfers do something that we do. You know, when you see it, you're like, oh, my God, my man is a pro. He has won on the PGA Tour, something I could never dream of doing, and he's about to wear a 17. I. What's crazy about that is it's very rare in any sport anywhere that you, me, or any other amateur, just fan, or anybody who played high school or whatever, right, that you can say in earnest in the moment, put me there right now, I'd do better than that 17 on this hole. I know I would do better than shoot that 17 on the. I would beat Kevin Na on this hole right now. Just fly me in, drop me here right now, give me a ball, give me his clubs. I don't care. Give me his clubs. I'll do better than a 17. That never happens. Like, you hear people say all the time, well, if I played in an NBA game, I could get six points. No, you couldn't. Not if they wanted to stop you. No, you couldn't. Now, if they left you open and you could knock down a three, yeah, maybe. But if they decide to guard you, if you go to an NBA game, and and I just did recently, you are shocked at how athletic and long and 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 good these guys are. Like when you're up close and you see it, you're like, oh no, I couldn't get a shot off. He just take the ball. I, I got no chance. 
Because they're 6'9", 260, and they move, and they've got 40-inch verticals and length for days. And if they closed out on you and said, you're not scoring, you wouldn't score. You wouldn't. And I hear people all the time, oh, I'd get 6-10 to 10 if I – you wouldn't get a damn point, not if they didn't want you to. And football, you think you can convert a first down in an NFL game as a quarterback? No. No, you couldn't. Unless you – you know, it was a draw. Fourth and goal. Give me the ball. I'll get there. <laughs> You might be able to do that. You, I, m- I don't know. Inch line, it's all know. about your center and staying low. You, yeah, it's about that offensive line. You not might, about me. You might be able to do it. Hell, you're more athletic than a quarterback that we called a certain sneak for last year against Wake Forest down on the goal line. Sweet God almighty. Dumbest call in I the history of sport. Was that, what was it, fourth and three? It was fourth and a yard, but it's... I thought it was more than Oh, no, we did it twice, but Mackenzie Milton trying to sneak down there with a, a leg that doesn't Oh, work. well, that was the sneak on the goal line, yeah, and he fumbled. Yeah, he fumbled. But then there was the one he was stopped short, and it was a design, like, design quarterback run. sweep from fourth and two or fourth and three. Yeah, hmm. no, there's no... Yeah, it was asinine calls. It's like when FCS East used to do that in <laughs> NCAA football. You're like, oh, yeah, go ahead, go call ahead. it. Yeah. That's fine. So... so so, like, I see these things all the time. People will always look at these things, and you're kind of like, oh, if I were here, if I were there, I could do the, you know, like, no, you can't. No, you can't. The truth is you can't. You wouldn't score in an NBA game. You're not, you're not leading a team to a first down in an NFL or high-level college football game. And you know what else you can't do? You're not hitting Garrett Cole's fastball. You're not. You're not going to hit it. So, like, we go through all these things, right? I'll card something better than a 17 on that hole. That can, you know I would. And so would you, and so would Matthew, and half the people listening. So here's something that just about everybody who's listening, I think maybe say for one or two people, would do. And and this isn't a professional athlete, but they would throw a first pitch better than 50 cent. Oh, well, goodness gracious. Yeah. But that, that's on a major league field. There's a lot of pressure. But you would do better. Maybe in some cases, not a lot better, but you would do better than 50 cents. Sure. I mean, it just has to go towards home plate. <laughs> right. For about three feet. You could roll it. You could roll it, and it's better than his first pitch. Now, would that be a cop-out, or would that be kind of a pimp move? That would be funny. You'd be like, oh, was, all, all I, I have pitch, to do whoa. is have a better first pitch than 50 cent. Here it is. No, or if you just did it. Or just underhand it. You just roll it up to the plate. Yeah. And you go, thumbs up to everybody. Got it. That's better. It's Jeff Cameron, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Short segment here. I was long-winded last segment. By the way, beginning this season, Major League Baseball umpires will make in-park announcements Explain decisions made during the replay review process, the league announced today. We're pleased to launch this enhancement to the ballpark and broadcast experiences. Training has been held in Arizona and Florida this spring. MLB began using limited instant replay in 2008, and it has evolved over the years into the system that we have today. When replay is used, the crew chief 
and umpire get on the headset to discuss the play with MLB's Central Review Office, which make all decisions. The umpire then makes the appropriate signal, safer out, fair foul, whatever, without explanation. Now they're going to have an explanation. Confirmed, clear and convincing evidence is found to support the original call on the field. Overturned, clear and convincing evidence is found showing the original call with incorrect, inconclusive insufficient evidence so the original call stands and they'll announce that to the fans they will somehow turn this into grandstanding somebody is going to do something to draw attention to themselves once they have the mic i'm convinced sir that that is a large part as to why officials in general in the nfl or college football throw so many flags because the head official wants to be on television so uh, if he's listening, uh, I, I feel you. I, I, I know your pain. Eric Llewellyn was about to have a stroke in one of the games last week because, not to make a lot of strokes. Anyhow, he was going to because the, because in college it's asinine. They sit around and talk for five minutes about whether or not they should review something and then go review it. If there's enough question about the original call that one of the coaches is going to ask for it to be reviewed, what is the discussion about? Just go review it and be done with it. That game took days because they had to review. They had to talk for five minutes before ever going over to review. And then the whole thing was, it was a very clear-cut thing. Upon seeing the replay, you knew they were not going to overturn it because it was inconclusive, right? It was bang, bang. So whatever the original call was, they were going to keep. What are they talking about for five minutes before going over to review this. I mean, either you tell somebody, no, it's not reviewable, or it is. If it is, shut up and go review it. People are just sitting around. Meanwhile, the pitcher is just throwing, taxing his arm, trying to stay warm, throwing more pitches, more pitches while we wait 10 minutes on somebody to go look at a video that should have taken 30 seconds. The second the bang-bang play happens, the second his foot hits the base, out safe call, we got a problem with it, whatever it is, coach says, nope, nope, we want to review it, Go! Go review it. Be done with it. No, there was no issue with the way, at least for me, the way Major League Baseball had done it before, where they point at the runner or the bag or whatever, out, safe, we're done here, let the announcers react to it. Now, if you wanted to add them to the TV broadcast Mm -hmm. where you Mm -hmm. hear the discussion. That's fine. And then you hear the answer. Part of the entertainment process. Then the PA announcer in the stadium can do it. But the moment you give the umpire or the referee a chance to look in the camera and speak is the moment that you're making it very much harder for a fair game to be called because they want to be a part. They want to be a star. Yeah, it's frustrating. Very, very frustrating. I saw that news today. I was like, eh. I mean, it shouldn't be hard to get right, but they'll somehow screw it up. Hour number two, forthcoming. Stay with Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. 